0: Considering the role technology will play in the future of education is now a key focus for school leaders. At Exertus Ireland, together with Microsoft, we're here to support schools every step of the way with powerful tools to help create brighter futures. Talk to us today about solutions for your school. Visit exertus.ie forward slash Microsoft Teaching and Learning. Exertus.ie forward slash Microsoft Teaching and Learning. Now on News Talk, as part of our winter season of documentary on News Talk, producer Eric Moylan examines the relationship between Limerick and sport in A City's Love Affair.
1: Limerick, Ireland's third largest city, lies on the banks of the River Shannon. The 800 year old town has a deep history, from its habitation by the Vikings to its growth under the Normans from the defence of the city walls during the 17th century siege to the establishment of a short-lived Soviet in the 20th century. In more recent times, the city was Ireland's first designated city of culture and has produced heavyweights, such as twice Oscar-nominated Richard Harris
2: Are these the same outsiders who watched whilst our valley went silent?
1: pull its prize-winning offer of Frank McCourt and bands the Cranberries and the rural bandits. The county has also struggled with anti-social activity while opinion is divided on the impact of a regeneration process,
2: we can have lovely builds and new houses, but unless the people are regenerated too, there is no regeneration.
1: Criminality in a number of previous problem areas has reduced, and employment across the city is increasing as the economic recovery sees more shops, bars, and restaurants open. Despite all this, for ups and downs, good times, and bad, there is one thing that Limerick is known for above all else. Turner
3: could make something of this heavy enough touch, but he gives it back to Sean Kelly. Kelly looks up, takes a shot. Yeah! The most unbelievable strike 25 yards out And Sean
1: Kelly O'Gara calling
3: head. for the ball, Dennis Leamy tries to get it, back towards O'Gara, the attempt to at drop goal, outside the 22, towards the post, O'Gara with the drop and goal, it's gone between the post, running O'Gara between the posts.
4: after about 145 phases, O'Gara between the posts. the referee has blown the full time whistle, Northampton have been absolutely kicked,
3: where is Hortmos, monster at the dead. 17 years has been too long,
5: and the wait is over! The wait is over!
6: Limerick are the Munster Senior Hurling Champions! Limerick! Yeah, my lady!
1: The population of Limerick's metropolitan area stands at around 105,000. Between Rugby's Tom Park, the Limerick Race Course, the GAA's Gaelic Grounds, Soccer's Markets Field and the Limerick Greyhound Stadium, there is space for 101,000 people. That's nearly a spot for every man, woman and child in the city and its environs. Maybe that's not surprising for a place that calls itself Ireland's sporting capital. Perhaps the most famous team from the area is Munster. In the professional era, the side have won the European Cup twice and the league three times. In the amateur era, famous victories were recorded over touring sides such as Australia and perhaps most notably New Zealand at the Cracklow Road venue. The fans are known to be passionate. Limerick FC president and former Ireland out half Tony Ward knows all about the ferociousness on the sidelines. He was a number 10 in the 78 side when he wants to beat the All Blacks.
7: It's a passion and like what made beating the All Blacks special was yeah it was the first time we'd ever done it but I think it was that it happened here. It happened in the high altar of rugby in this country, without a doubt. I mean, that's what Coleman Park is. It's a very special place. It's a very special crowd, too. At least certainly it was in our time. But there was a relationship between the crowd and the players that was very, very special. Um, and we just tapped into that. And um, I just... I like, the happiest years of my life playing
2: down here.
1: Supporters today feel a special relationship continues to exist.
2: Fans? Um, mad is one word. But I think, you know... Passionate, I think is, is, a, is a great word for him, passionate, loyal, local, and I suppose above above all else, I suppose, you know, it's a, it's a local thing, like, you know, and I, I think that's the thing, there's a huge connection between the team and the, and the fans. It's always uplifting to come to Torment.
8: I just think the game, the whole atmosphere, just Thormund Park, just love it. The fans really get behind the, the, the team and it doesn't matter... Kind of whether they're winning or losing, you're still behind them 100%. So I just love the whole, the nice, the buzz about it.
3: How big is Munster? How much does it play on the mind and the mood of the city as
8: well? Oh, it's massive, massive. I think, um, and it's it's across men, women, children. I think it's just, it's
6: huge. not Limerick and nothing else. Limerick, the passion for the game here is huge compared to the rest of the province It's 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 a of man's game here Limerick. in Limerick. In the rest of the province, maybe not as much. They, they know their game. They know the game inside out. Bad results,
3: unfortunately, been a few of those. It kills any...
6: me. It kills me. 2009 now against Leinster at the end of the night, I couldn't talk for the day. I was just so upset about it.
1: Perhaps a Leinster man sums up months of passion best.
2: The attic from my house, you can see Lansdowne Road. I actually went to St. Michael's and Blackwell College. And you couldn't actually get more so-called Dublin board than that, right? I've always felt that they wanted it uh, in Limerick. And I was converted to Munster Rugby after the 1993 All-Ireland's club final between Young Munsters and Mary's. I couldn't get over the fact that over 2,500 came up from Limerick and there's about 500 from Mary's. And I sensed the, the guys from Young Munster really, really wanted it. And I, I just find all the great... Joined rugby. Most of them have come from watching, having having watched Munster. I absolutely uh, love Munster rugby. Pas- passion, commitment, and still a sense of identity.
1: That young Munster team had Jair Earl's among its rank, a toughest boots flanker. His son Keith hasn't done too bad on the field either, with over 120 Munster caps, 50 Island caps. An alliance tour, as well as being Ireland's record Rugby World Cup tri scorer. The My Rossman outlines the enormity of rugby in the town.
9: Yeah, I suppose it was um, massive growing up with um, with Munster and you know, in in the early two thousands and even AIL in the in the nineties and you know, my father being a big part of the, the rugby in the nineties. Um it's just a city passionate about every sport, whether it was hurling or soccer, um, I suppose I helped live in over over the wall from from and Park as well, and you know I got to live him and, and breed breed the rugby. I suppose the boys who who ended up who I ended up got to play when it kind of drove me towards rugby with Roger and Paulie and the and rest.
1: Living in the shadow of Toman Park meant Earls got to know some of the people he is now friends with, including Ron Nogaro
9: He'd be a good mate of mine now, and you know after after school or if we were on holidays from school we'd be over. I remember in the old Towman Park we'd be. Sitting on the bars when they were coming out the old tunnel and while they were doing train training session, and they'd stop and chat to us. And obviously, I kind of know Paulie from your monsters. And yeah, a be kicking at the end of training. We go out and we sit down the ball and. He'd no problem chatting away at us, or if he needed a hand, we'd, we'd kick a ball back.
1: Limerick has always been known as a rugby city. Seeing the efforts of the players first-hand in the amateur area rubbed off on his
9: development. It was brilliant, I suppose. Back then, you know, my father wasn't a professional rugby player, but he'd a shed built on the back of the house in, in Moira So, literally, I'd be out there with him Monday night. He'd be doing his weights, and I'd be sitting there watching him. I'd head out to... Out to your Munster gym and he's training on a Tuesday and then back out there on a Thursday and you know it wasn't professional he he did you know I got to see his work rate during the week you know he he did everything possible to be the best player he could be it's cheesy but I was I was obsessed with my father as a player you know I I spent thousands of hours fighting my coaches telling me that. Keith, you're not a wing forward. We need you to play in the backs because I just wanted to be be like him so much. But yeah, I got to, to live and breathe it from quite a young age. I'm, I remember all the matches in, in, in Greenfields, you know, Young, young Munsters, even though I grew up a, a torment man, Young, young Munsters had a massive part of my life and a massive part of my father's life. Real, just passionate people, uh, real, real working class people, and I think the majority of Limerick people are that, and it was just phenomenal. You know, off to standing on the sideline mean, with a kicking tee, and there, to put eight, nine, ten thousand in in the green fields. You know, there was internationals. Playing with Garion versus Shannon Garion versus young Munsters. Limerick has a massive part of the passion uh, around Munster rugby. You know, I think Limerick is is, is steeped in it. Like you know, they they like to see people do well, people who work hard, and and they like to see them do well.
1: Growing up next to town Park mental Health has a unique perspective. Playing in front of his family and friends, and in front of tens of thousands at the same time.
9: It's bizarre, you know. I I'd, I'd be often on the field and be playing a big honking cup game on a Saturday night and I'd kind of look at a certain area of the ground and I'd say jeez this time couple of years ago I I jumped over that wall to get in to watch the miracle match against Gloucester or or whatever game it was Leicester games you know and now I'm out there in the thick of it and there's probably some other young lads from, from my roster to home and get around that area doing what I've been doing and I'm quite blessed to be able to play for one of the best teams in, in Europe, if, if not the world, and, and be living at home. Munster star,
1: Ireland captain, two-time Six Nation winner, Grand Slam winner, and community guard, Waterford native Niamh Briggs says her move to Limerick gave her a new perspective and opportunities.
8: I was very fortunate to be involved in some really good clubs. I started playing rugby with John Garvin in 2007-2008 after um, reading an article about Canada, girls heading to the Canadian World Cup in 20, 2006 sorry and took it up when I was in college and I really enjoyed it but I needed to be playing at a higher division than that and um, so Clonmel were the closest club and they were my da- one of my dad's first clubs and um, so it was just like you know it felt right and I really enjoyed it I had a great couple of years there and then obviously when I got posted into Limerick at work um, it just you know made more sense to come into elbows it was a team steeped in international players I think my first training session there was thirty odd players in Costano of rugby was coaching it and um, of the thirty odd players I think twelve or thirteen were captured in Ireland at that stage. So been here ever since and Hugely thankful for everything that you all boys have done for me, and um, you know it's a great club. They've been absolutely like so supportive of the women's team, which is not something that you get across the board. And um, so yeah, great bunch of girls as well. The
1: fullback has no doubt that the move improved her game.
8: Oh, massively! It's I've no doubt about it. When you come in and you play with that caliber of player, I remember um, my first training session hitting a tackle bag, and Fiona Cocklin, who was captain of the women's team at the time. Absolutely read me out of it because I didn't do it, you know, well enough. And her mantra was definitely, you know, you got to train the way you want to play. And, and that kind of because she was you know such an amazing leader like herself and Joy, Joy Neville and that they just you you automatically went with how they how they went how they trained and you kind of fell into that sink so yeah look they are huge leaders and they would you know obviously a huge abundance of talent there and some amazing coaches so oh look I you know be a fervor in debt to, to what UL have have done for me in the sense that you know they've helped me you know progressing my career.
1: The relationship between Limerick and sport needs to be experienced to be understood according to Briggs.
8: People don't really get it until they come in here I think and you know I I've, I lived in in Limerick here for a year when I was you young I was 9 10 and I would be coming down here with my 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 parents and me my, my brothers and sister and stuff we would come down here to, to use the pool or run around the track or whatever it was and even back then you just you got it it was there was a, an aura of sporting prowess that was always around here. What makes it so different or sets it apart is the nature of the people around and it's that closeness that the people have with, you know, those, you know, huge athletes or in, in Virtus Commons as such or, you know, you you see these Olympic runners or Olympic swimmers and it's calibre of athlete here, but yet it's, they're not shunned away from people, they're not, you know, it's it's, it's embraced and um, it's everybody's very supportive, and he shared the same gym as everybody else, and the same track, and the same thing. So, yeah, look, it's huge, it's, it's inspiring. And when you come out here, you come out here an evening or a Saturday morning, you could see the guts up of you know a couple of hundred kids out running around or in the pool swimming, and you know. They're bumping into these big sporting idols and then they're seeing that and they want to be like that. So it just creates a huge, you know, exciting cycle for, for sport in Limerick in general. But yeah, this is definitely a city it's like, no other no I've ever really experienced, to be honest with you. It's huge. They, they embrace it here like I've never met before and, and they're so supportive of it. And um, yeah, it definitely is the home of sport.
1: University of Limerick on the city's east side has an array of facilities. Ireland's first 50-metre pool with a second shorter one on the way, a 400-metre running track, state-of-the-art 3G sport pitches and the country's only indoor rowing tank are just some of the infrastructure on offer, giving top-class athletes a chance to compete internationally. Ahead of the Rio Games, a number of student athletes are working quietly behind the scenes in an attempt to join the 18 Olympic and Paralympic athletes who have come from the university. Marathon swimmer Chris Bryan from Shannon is one of those people. PhD student describes a standard day needed to try and qualify.
10: I got up at uh, 4.26 and um, every minute counts here about 10 to 5, stretch to about 20 past 5, stretch warm up. I'm in the water from uh, about 20 past 5 to about 20 past 7, about 2 hours. Right after that about half 7 I'm up to Elite Gym here in UL where I do a little bit more injury prevention and just kind of over strength stuff and I go and I go home, have a Good good breakfast. I head back to bed around half nine to about half ten, eleven. I'm back in here, two o'clock. I'm here stretching at half two to three o'clock, three to five, back in the pool and stretching five to five the thirty. Time I get back into the city, it's about six o'clock, where I cook, uh, eat dinner. One. Stretching in about half eight, nine o'clock, I'm in bed, ready to do it again on Tuesday. I do uh, 75 to 80 kilometers on average a week. Three,
9: eight
10: three six. Much better. If not for the faint hearted, I take pride in the madness of it all.
1: The 26-year-old was faced with a choice out of school. He got his local university or go to foreign pools. UL had obvious advances.
10: In 2008, I had the opportunity um, to go to university in Loughborough in Britain or uh, Michigan University in the States or come here to UL, which is a bit of a turning point where uh, I decided to be a bit more of a bigger fish in a small pond and trust in what Swim Ireland Sports Council had put together here in UL with a Great staff around us, where you know, if I had a shoulder injury or if there's anything I needed, um, I was going to be the athlete supported. In contrast to if I went abroad years before, we didn't have the opportunities uh, necessary, like 50 meter pools, like world class coaches in place, that we could actually stay here in the country with help with the uh, UL here and the Irish Institute of Sport. I actually and, and UL University, I started breaking up my college course, so I was able to break up my course over five six years to enable my, my training. Being able to be an Irishman in a country, I could drive 30 minutes back to Shannon, go back home, have a chat with my parents, uh, I can meet the performance director up in Swim Ireland.
1: The sporting environment and support available so close to his hometown is vital for Chris.
10: But it's really when you go through a hardship, like I did uh, through London, not making the Olympics, and it's that appreciation of what we do. It's a different change of mindset because it's, it's all well and good when everything's going great. But it's all those other times when you find things hard, it's that mindset of challenge and challenge and effort and what it takes to get to the top. It's a mindset that we're surrounded by and we all appreciate what it takes. When you're surrounded by people who understand that, people who aspire to sport, you're not afraid to make yourself vulnerable, you're not afraid to say, you know what, I'm gonna, I want to qualify for the Olympics, I think I can go and play, play for monster Rugby. Most rugby players saying I'm going to win the Heineken Cup because it's a scary thing to say because you're answerable answerable to that. Irish culture does find hard sometimes is when people decide you know what I want to be a bit different. I want to rise up and then when things don't work out, I think sadly people take a bit of not a glee in it but saying look who did he think he was going and doing that. And I think by what we have over here and, and in Limerick and in UL is people who who aren't begrudging towards that. You know who really respect it so we're in a better position to to go for it. And that's not what's appreciated. It's that culture of striving, really, that I think is very, very hard to achieve, that I think has grown over a number of years.
0: My name is Jessie Barr and I'm a 400-meter hurdler.
1: Wardford woman Jessie already has an Olympics under her belt after London 2012, but is hopeful of making Rio after injury hit a couple of seasons.
0: After London, obviously doors opened and I had the opportunity to train in Bath under Malcolm Arnold, who's a very esteemed hurdles coach in the world of hurdling and at the same time do a master's while I was there. So it was kind of just this package deal. It was too difficult to pass up. So I took that opportunity, went there for two years. The training just didn't really work out. It was very, very different to what I was used to both when I was in school and when I was here in UL. And I ended up picking up a lot of injuries. I reckon, to be honest, a lot of that was probably, that probably was the start of a lot of my injury troubles. Probably picked up a lot of weaknesses in the way we trained just didn't work for me. So after two years, I realized, you know what? I ul is why it wasn't broken i didn't need to fix it i've been here since and i I don't see myself being anywhere else it's the perfect environment for me you know I, I go into schools as part of the sky sports thing and you know i'm talking to young athletes and i'm saying you know the grass isn't always greener you know we don't we always think in terms of sport that we're behind here but if you can kind of make a team i build a team around me and i have what i need here and i make the best of what i have there's no reason for me to go away and i've You know, I've experienced that and I know that that's the case. The campus here was very, very similar to the campus in Bath. But the difference was the support structures. I just didn't have, because I was going over there as an Irish athlete, I was very much ignored because I wasn't one of their British athletes. Whereas here, you know, I live up the road. Accommodation is 100 times cheaper than Bath. Bath, I was paying through the nose for accommodation. And it just, when things like that, when injury comes in and there's a negative, everything else seems negative. Whereas here... You know, I'm only two hours up the road from where I live in Waterford. Um, so if I am having a crappy day because I'm injured, I just go home to Mum and Dad. They're my they're my support network. Um, it's only improving here in UL. This campus, I, it does, it has everything we need. It always has that kind of community feel. You know, I come into the arena, I know everyone. You give everyone a wave, you're chatting to everyone, and there's just that lovely feel when you come in here that you want to come in and train. It's such a lovely place to train and to, you know, to work. I'm in the perfect place for what I'm doing. I mean, studying in sport because I'm, I study literally just down from the track where I train. My coach is one of the lecturers, uh, Drew Harrison. I have that constant support wherever I go. Like I'm, I'm literally, if I go to tra- if I have training and I have to go to class, it's only a two-minute walk down the road. Down the road, I live five minutes drive up here, so I, it does. It balances out nicely.
6: It's gonna get nice.
1: Soccer is Limerick's most played sport at adult level. Each weekend over 1,000 men and women play across 11 local junior leagues with 88 teams represented. Despite the love for the game, Limerick FC has struggled over the past two decades. Local businessman Pat Sullivan had to rescue the club in 2009 and despite promotion to Ireland's top tier in 2012, side dropped down to Division 1 for the 2016 season. Off the field, fortunes have improved though. The first full season back at the spiritual home of Markets Field has actually seen an increase in attendances despite being in the second tier, and though not the biggest in the city, it can claim to be the noisiest stadium. Go
4: back in again. Keep it balling, will we? Keep it going, yeah!
6: Go
1: Darren Oon is part of the Blue Army, a loud and boisterous fan group who have followed the club through a freaking thing.
11: I've seen us go bust and everything, and I've seen Pat come in and save the club. I've been supporting Limerick so long. You always have that feeling in the back of your mind that things can go very bad, and you can go to all the same again. You know, if, if, like, I've seen the bad days, and you don't want them back. How long have you been following the club? About 15 to 16 years you now. Grandfather brought me to my first game. I think it was against Galway when I was about four or five. The atmosphere has been unbelievable see everyone from small kids just joining in with us, you know, we've never had that. To see the whole staying, getting up, singing songs with us. Stand up, we've always been just put it together as like. A group of 20 lads that go every week go home and away. But that's what we want. We want everyone to be joining us. We want us, to, to have that support. That's what this club is about, as far as I'm concerned. And if we can, if we just keep, can keep that support, but if people just stick by it, it like it, it, this club has serious progression in it. Like, you know, they can go very far. In the time you've been following the club, what are some standout moments for you? Just two or three spring to mind straight away. Shelburne away, it was about... Yeah, I know Shelburne were going for the league that season, Colin Scanlon, it was, I think he's playing with Fairview at the moment. He scored the last second to equaliser to keep them down. Like, we, never, we wouldn't be best friends with Shelburne. That was a special moment, but I think winning the league in Longford, it's just an unbelievable feeling. I've been honest, like, Limerick is number one with me, I'm sure, like the other lads like. It's not about English football clubs for me, it's about supporting their own and local football is a big thing to me is when I'm involved in local football everyone's sticking by Lindbergh, It has to happen. You, like, you have to stick by your local team and like, I mean these are homegrown talent. It's every weekend, it's 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 the number one thing you think about. You know, after every weekend, the first thing that's on your mind is the next game. So it's it's even when the season is off, I mean when it's off season, all you'll be thinking about is the season coming back. So yeah, to me and a lot of the lads I hang around with it's it's just it's just Limerick, that's it. We love Limerick, we follow Limerick all over this country.
6: 2015
1: was a tough season. As well as the relegation, the Blue Army were banned from home games for a period after falling out with the club. Agreement was eventually reached and the fans returned, although it wasn't enough to prevent the drop. Kevin Kiley is also a member of the group. I
12: uh, look, getting relegated really was terrible for us all, but I think it's probably going to turn out to be a good thing for the club. It's giving them a shot. Yeah, now you see. Again tonight, like we've probably played the worst we've played all season. We've won 3-0 and there's people are going to be slightly disappointed. Like it's a great old buzz around the place now. It's really picking up. I've been supporting Limerick now, I think, nearly 17 years. So I've seen from Pike to Rat Band to Jackman Park, and this is the best it's ever been. We have the facilities, the people of the city are starting to get behind it now. It's great to see such young families here and the little kids seem to be loving the atmosphere This turn Hopefully we're getting the next generation of fans hooked now for the future. I'm 26 now. and going since my grandfather went. My father's bringing me since I was very young. Like I was, I've been going around the country with my grandfather. I was, I was up in uh, Derry in 2002 for the League Cup. I've, I've been here years now. A load of us have been. Just some of the people who are going to games I've been going to games around 10, 11, 12 years. Like All oh, my best friends are all... True Limerick, like I've had some of the best times in my life and some of the worst. That, like, all week, all week, basically, rotates around him. Like, we make our plans based on whether Limerick are home or away, and we we just we work around that. And if Limerick lose, we're depressed for the weekend. like, it took us, it took some of us, honestly, months to get over being relegated. It's it's it means an awful lot to us.
3: And I mean, last season as well, obviously. Things have changed but for a while you were part of a group that wasn't allowed into games. You stuck with the team, you worked with the club and you're probably stronger than ever now. You could have walked away and anyone outside could have walked away but you didn't and you're here creating a special atmosphere. Why, why did you stick around? Oh
12: no, we, we love this, this is part of us. We, we couldn't go without it. Like, that's why we fought so hard to, to get back in here and it really, really hurt us the time we were out. We could never, ever walk away from this. This is, this is in our blood you now. thrilled when things got sorted with the club and like, it's hard to put into words how much it does mean to see the crowds that we're getting and seeing people enjoying what we do, we, we want to be positive for the club and if we can it means everything to us as well. Honestly I think we're in a position now if we take advantage we'll be the strongest we've ever been, like you said we have the ground now, we have the fan base to build upon, we just need possibly more businesses around the place to get in, row in behind Pat and give Pat a hand because he's what he's done for this club, what he's done for this city is unbelievable. So if people get in behind him and we really make him push, like you can imagine what this place would be like, what the city would be like in the build-up to a European tie or something. And I think we don't need much at all to push on and possibly get Europe. I could see us being one of the biggest clubs in the country in, in three or four years' time. They'd loan five or ten.
7: The
1: Super Blues are back. They're crowned Division 1 champions with six games to spare.
0: You're listening to A City's Love Affair on News Talk 106 to 108.
4: Sharp and quick, two hands, two hands,
1: back. Limerick hurling is a long time waiting for an all island The last time the county tasted senior success was in 1973. There have been just 6 months of title since that September day. The hunger for Liam McCarthy is no less strong for that and ahead of the 2016 campaign, manager TJ Ryan outlines what drives him after making his debut as a player in 1994.
5: Just kind of have a huge pride in Limerick Hurling and want to see it doing well and you're trying to do the best you can for it and um, just really have given my all and got used to it and I suppose I just enjoy being involved and just enjoy being involved with the lads and that keeps you going. Oh, you're. I was trying to get better. Like, certainly, like, I don't ever need to motivate myself for, for being involved in what I'm doing. Um, like it's, 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 to be honest, it's, 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 it's an honour really to be involved to be the, the,
3: the head of Limerick hurling. You've won Munster championships as a player. You were obviously there in the 90s as well for the 94, 96 two losses. I, I suppose there's you know there's joy and there's despair when you win a Munster championship versus say walking off Crow Park having having lost in all Ireland. What are those ups and downs like? Yeah,
5: sure. All the emotions that you can imagine. Like you, you know, when you win, you're top of the world. I mean, everything is great, and I mean, everything that you've worked for is so satisfying, and you're just kind of just just in, in in a really good place. And then, you know, when 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 you lose, and maybe earlier in my career, maybe it mightn't have affected me. It certainly didn't affect me as badly. Like, but when you lose now, when you're kind of manager set up, like it, it's it's just it's it's heartbreaking because you know the effort that everybody's put in, you know how much it means to the group to go and try and win, and you know there's small things that d- d- determine the outcome of any given game Like, but it, it can be so low and it made me just really disappointed for the, for the following number of days like when you want to win maybe more than you want to breed that's kind of probably one of the explanations I give you. you just more than
3: anything else you just basically want to go and be successful. You've often spoken about the, the difficulties within limit criticism from certain quarters why do you stick it? I
5: think you're part of a group, and I said you regroup with everybody else. And like I said, I mean you're you're in it to try and be successful. And like it's genuine; you love the game. And like th- there are games that you just live for. And there's days like when you go and basically manage a team in Crow Park, or you go to a Munster final, or you go and, and you're on the sideline, and like your heart is beating out through your chest, and saying Munster Championship Day. Like I mean, they're the days you live for. and You work your socks off to get there, and you go and try and do the very, very best you can. And when you go and you play, and you're organised. To the best of your ability, like I said, that's what you're looking for, and I said that's that's what we look for as a team. How would you describe Limerick supporters and McCarling supporters? Look, the, the Limerick support supporters in general, they're huge supporters of sport in the county. It's it's a passionate county. Um, we're unbelievable to be able to kind of galvanise ourselves and just. Basically, you know, what I mean, I suppose maybe when we're on the floor to lift it, we're just unbelievable county to be able to mobilise numbers at a short notice and basically get behind the team. And you know I mean, they're, they're fanatical sports people, is what I'd say. Um, you know I mean they, their demands are high. You know, when you lose, you know, what I mean, I mean, they weigh their heart on the sleeve, no different to ourselves. And you know, what I mean, but in fairness, some no different to ourselves. They dust themselves down and they get back in the horse. And you know I mean they, they they come again.
1: One of the most well-known of these supporters is J.P. McManus. The businessman is familiar with the world of sport through racehorsing, golf and even was part owner of Manchester United in the past. Today he is the sponsor of Senior GAA in the county with his non-profit Sporting Limerick brand and as with many others, the memory of the 73 success still lives large.
2: For so many people, myself included, it was the biggest day of our lives and the excitement before, during, after the game, uh, you know, I'd love to to have it repeated. As all those days are magical, you know, to see the emotion, as uh, Mora Marohártig would say, there was men hugging men, men who had never met before.
3: There is a rumor that you somehow found yourself in the dressing
2: room. I believe after after the final whistle. Is that is that true? We found a way in. You know, <laughs> it's true. I have to say, and uh, I got a lot of knew uh, the lads inside and. Uh, you know, at one side pulling me up, pushing me up from one side; another crowd pulling me in from the other. So, <laughs> and
3: so it was, was it very,
2: very memorable, I must say. In in the window, effectively, of Crow Park. Absolutely, under the Cusick stand. The dressing rooms were the down that side. Uh, in them times, in my time with Man United, I was twice at Old Trafford, um, but there's no comparison. Like, uh, you know, I I was a shareholder in Man United. I, I, you know, I, uh, it didn't bother me. Uh, I wouldn't think of it the next morning. No, oh, Man United had a bad game yesterday. I would never. But I'm afraid if Limerick got beaten, uh, you know, you'd feel the pain of it for a while afterwards.
1: Of course, it's the players that deliver success or failure the Mane club man Gavin O'Mani has been on the senior side since 2007 and in that time the commitment needed to play for the county has only increased as he outlines ahead of the 2016 campaign opener against Tipperary.
7: Well, it has doubled um, when I started you were expected to choose Tuesday, Thursday and maybe match the weekend and, and that was the some total of it now to choose and Thursday and the match the weekend is still going but you have maybe two or three gym sessions on top of that and your recovery sessions and you're looking at maybe six days a week for nine months of the year. There's no, there's no switching off in it, no. I suppose we wouldn't have it any other way. We look to give ourselves every chance to compete and that's the, the level it's gone to. Make no bones about it. I don't enjoy January or February a whole pile. Um, when the league starts, it's, it's, it's something. Waste the appetite of small, but I suppose to to keep you coming back and keep you training and competing but when you get close to a championship match like this there's there's no comparison for me there's no other sport I, I prefer to be playing um, professional or amateur regardless of, to get out and play in a monster championship match and, and play the likes of of Tipperary is, is what it's all about there's no doubt in Limerick GAA circles an Ireland senior hurling title is to be all in and to do it I think would would bring the, the game even within Limerick to, to a new level because coaches, supporters, parents, kids everyone watching and gets a, a huge kick out of it. and like I, I wasn't born the last time um, we won an All Ireland, that's not acceptable.
3: What role do the supporters play in that? I mean, both within the build up and actually on the day?
7: Well, on the day it's huge because um, you give yourself a chance, you get into a game, and you even get ahead. And, like there's no doubt the crowd can carry you home and carry you over the line. Someone gets a big score, wins a big free, makes a block or a hook, and and the crowd's response, um, that can be. I suppose it's it's what makes going to Torla so tough. People have a big fall. and We're hoping Limerick supporters will come out in force as well, and 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 be the difference on the day.
1: Limerick supporters did come out in force. At midday on Sunday, June 19th, the city's cobbler station had hundreds of people squeezed inside as they waited to board the train to tell us. Moods were good as the carriages left the platform. were packed ahead of the game and fans were hopeful. I,
4: I, I
10: extremely a handy win for Well, it's, the weather got a big factor on the game. You follow, it's in, it's, it's in your blood to follow. you will die to again. the, the hope that we we'll, eventually will we'll
1: As usual, the fans gathered in the town square despite the heavy rain.
3: Fan of my life, since 95. Hi, we had more bad days, but well, listen, the Raymond won't us off today. We came here to sport the team in support sportum. If we win in Northern Ireland, I'll get Limerick's map tattooed on my back, and I'll scream it until I die.
1: As the 4 o'clock phone approached, fans flooded into the stadium. Parade has the hordes fired up. A chase for the Liam McCarthy Cup starts.
4: Come
2: with
0: it, come with it, Keen. Oh, oh, please stop your soft pass ahead. Come
1: on boys, come on, come on, come on. Home, come on. Tip with a goal after just six minutes. But they never get out of sight as Limerick tack on some points to stay within distance. At half-time, the Treaty men are two points down, despite Tipperary having a man sent off after 14 minutes. The fans give their opinion and the town and terrace.
3: We're very loose in the full back line. I think. Kennedy now is getting a lot of space off Morrissey, and I know he's inexperienced and stuff. But I think, they have to put someone more experienced on him to try and stim the flow. Like, well, to be honest with you, I came here kind of in hope more than expectation. Like, and but all I want is a bit of fight and just to show that they do care and that they want to play for the manager. And you know, if they do that, I'd be happy enough. My father always said to me, don't give up hope ever, and I won't.
0: Even if we know they're going to lose, we'll still come along and support, because it's just, that's what they need is support is there just to be by them, Do you know, not just
6: to
8: be out when the, when the times are good like. Changes are being made too late, uh,
6: That's yeah. what's
0: wrong.
8: There are three goals scored in the first squad, 27 minutes, and no cha- ma- change made in the back
0: line. Changes yeah. need to be made. Richard McCarthy needs come on, as Mihal had said, over experience. experience. Change, I think, is made we on the back line. They'll have experience. If, if Seamus
3: Kennedy gets the same space again, we're in serious trouble. Come,
8: come And do nothing.
1: Unfortunately for the travelling fans, things did not improve in the second 35 minutes. Full time, it is the TIF fans who celebrate after a two point victory.
0: Very disappointing day, it's the worst display of Limerick Curling I've ever seen. Ah, it's desperate like you know, we actually are much better than what we display today, so it's very disappointing. I'll be at the qualifiers and I'll be here again next year.
1: The way for an all island goes on. The Southside Boxing Academy is one of many examples of sports and social inclusion at work in Limerick. Travellers, a community guard, a couple of promising prospects from Tipperary and middle aged professionals trying to keep fit trained side by side on a warm summer evening in the regeneration area of South Hill. The club is one of the biggest in Ireland, with two rings, 16 bags, changing facilities and space for a dream, around 75 members trained there while it is also a high-performance centre for the Munster
4: area. Jerry Barry, president of Southside Boxing Academy.
1: Jerry explains the benefit the club gives to some of the Young Group members and the role it plays in their lives.
4: We often see kids come in their door and they'll be as shy and as quiet as this like, you know. But once they're mixing with other kids and doing a bit of training, room, they get confidence themselves. You know, they all love the boxing. I mean, there's kids you know. They actually go away and play soccer together. And they never mid for to come in here, like, you know. But uh, it's unreal, really. when you see, when you see young players come in here, shy. And just uh, the difference in a couple of weeks makes an awful difference, you know. The best way to put it is if this boxing club wasn't there, we'd have kids outside, get, get said, into mischief outside in the streets. They have no place to go, you know. And they get up to all kinds of different with cars, this and that and everything. I mean, dying here, for here for two or three hours each, each night a week, a couple of nights a week. And you know, we have a policy here, we must behave outside in the streets. It affects your, your conduct outside, reflection in the club, and we can ask outside, you're going to the club. So I think it's a big plus. When you're the club, we have, we're lucky. We have never any trouble with any like that. You know.
1: Pictures of national champions of various ages adorns the wall.
4: By having the picture of a champion in the wall, it gives the kids up to look up to, like steps they have to go to that, you know, but... Everyone needs something to look up to. Every girl dreams of getting together And they leave at St Francis, you know. All you can give me inside here is guidance.
1: For Limerick FC owner Pato Sullivan, the social and inclusion opportunities afforded by sport was central to his decision to invest his money in the club.
6: But I also saw this, uh, soccer then, uh, and sport as I do, uh, as a tool in addressing some of those antisocial issues to develop the club to its real potential, it should be embedded in the community. One of the first things we did was we went around to all the so-called regeneration areas and we ensured, we met all the school-by clubs and we made sure that none of them went out of business for any reason, because they might have been the only thing that was there to keep young people off the streets. That didn't give us, I suppose, a taste for something we were already anxious to do which was how we could develop that further and reach into communities uh, which you know in many cases were really isolated we had this vision so we started to do things we then cleaned and painted 40 houses uh, through the summer and the first year uh, and then we uh, started to go into schools where there was difficulties we know it has been really positive and at a certain point once they see that somebody cares for them and is willing to walk with them and help them they, the, if you like, the wish and the dream is that they then start to become good community people. That passes off to the lower, younger people coming through, and then they take responsibility for their own areas. And all of this has resulted in a much, much, much calmer, peaceful south side of the city. Let, let's say we've made a difference, uh, and we know we've made a difference. The key now is to keep that going and spread it.
1: Pat's philosophy is simple.
6: The minute you drop a football at a guy's feet, you already are into his brain almost.
1: Irish woman's rugby captain and community guard, Niamh Briggs, knew how beneficial sport could be when working in Ballinacoro Western, an area that has struggled with anti-social behaviour.
8: When I came into Roxbury, it was definitely something that I wanted to do. John Scanlon was the superintendent at the time and he's steeped in rugby as well. So we got together and we got some very good funding from... Um, the Limit of regeneration, Shane can trust and we set up a, a group of kids and we bring them out to Garyona a couple of days a week and they do soccer and rugby with FAI and Munster uh, Rugby came out and they get their dinner and stuff like that but what it did was took them out of their environment that they were so used to being in um, and allowed them to express themselves through sport and look it was hugely beneficial A it helped me build up a rapport with these kids that I would never have really you know would have just seen the uniform and wouldn't have seen anything else and B it just some kids, I've had a lot of kids, a couple of them went off to play Kennedy Cup soccer with Limerick, a couple more went to play rugby with different, you know what I mean? So it just gave them another outlet and um, yeah, look, it's huge, I can go down the road now. They, they were very much soccer heads when I met them on the first, but um, they understand rugby now. I brought them to a couple of games, the first game I brought them to Antoam Park, they asked me who took the corners. Sports, it's, it's really important because what it does is it puts everybody on an even keel. And um, it doesn't make a difference who you are, where you come from, it's, it, and and that's ultimately it. And obviously, it was quite, it was difficult at the time because you were trying to break down barriers and stuff like that. But we managed it, and um, yeah, it, it was huge. It was huge for us as, as guards, and it was huge for the kids as well. It showed that you know we're not just the uniform and we can be approached and that kind of stuff. So it was good.
1: She is forthright on how sport works on a practical level.
8: It's also a term crime for them and let's, you know, be realistic about where what was, you know, a lot of that area is built up with, with antisocial behaviour and that kind of stuff, so it was always going to be a road that they would have went down to, whereas for those three or four hours that we took them out of there, then those three or four hours, they could, you know, wouldn't have to be in that circle, so that whole project for us was, was hugely positive and very rewarding.
1: The city undoubtedly loves the spot, and that needs passion, but true passion isn't always adoration.
8: That's rubbish!
11: That's not most rugby! the Robbie is breaking a fella in two. I didn't see one tackle today I could be proud of.
1: Sport isn't always straightforward. Since recording, TJ Ryan has left as manager of the hurlers after a disappointing season.
3: What would you like your legacy to be? Basically, did, did I give it my all? And
5: I, I think, did you look back and say, yeah, look, that was as good as I could have done? I couldn't have done any more.
1: Chris Bryan missed out on Olympic qualification.
10: And, you know, after this year and with the Olympics, um, I'm not going to say I'm going to be retiring straight off. It's what I'm passionate about. I've helped the sport grow and... I'll definitely keep on, keep on competing and figure out what I want.
1: As the Jesse Barr.
0: Because I just don't feel like I've reached my potential in sports, so I do see myself training for the next few years anyway. Whether it's five years, I don't know.
1: Although her brother Thomas, also a UL student, had a superb game.
5: Thomas Barr has agonizingly missed out on an Olympic
8: medal, the 24 year old. There will be
1: plenty of people who will attempt to fill their shoes. Kids who dream of putting on the green of Ireland, or the red of Munster, or bringing Liam McCarthy back to Shannon's side. There might even be another future world champion among the city's boxing gyms. Players and teams will strive for success, sometimes achieving it, sometimes failing. But the fans, those passionate fans, will be with them as the city continues its love affair.
0: A City's Love Affair was produced by Eric Moylan and narrated by Olympian, former WBO middleweight boxing champion of the world and a limerick man, Andy Lee. It was funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee. Considering the role technology will play in the future of education is now a key focus for school leaders. At Exertus Ireland, together with Microsoft, we're here to support schools every step of the way with powerful tools to help create brighter futures. Talk to us today about solutions for your school. Visit exertus.ie forward slash Microsoft Teaching and Learning. Exertus.ie forward slash Microsoft Teaching and Learning.